everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Happy Friday to you. Each and every week right here on the Hitchcock Minute, the Movies by Minutes hosts that have been assigned to this project bring you one more minute of the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed classic thriller, North by Northwest. And we are part of the Wilder Ride. We get some of these opening minutes. I'm your host, Alan Sanders. I am your other host, Walt Murray. And we've been having a good time so far this first week, breaking down the opening of North by Northwest. A lot going on. A lot going on. I really like this movie. It, it's, as I said earlier on this week, it is my favorite Hitchcock movie. And I think maybe because there's such a, and I never thought about it until we really did the deep dive, how much it does re- resemble the the classic James Bond structure. And I love James Bond. Who doesn't like James oh, Bond? Yeah, you be crazy not to. So I and I, I appreciate all of Hitchcock's work. We talked about that earlier this week. So let's get right to it. It's Friday. People want to hear more about what's going on in this cab ride. When we last left, he was saying to just go ahead and let my mother know I'll have already had two martinis. There's no bother. Don't tell her to bother sniffing my breath. And so we're going to open today with her saying, no, she she, she doesn't do that. And uh, then we're going to end with it in the Oak Room as we hear, yes, sir, replies Victor, right this way. Oak this way. (laughs) I love young Frankenstein. (laughs) I know you do. All right. So let's get to it. This conversation that we've been listening to for two and a half minutes of the movie. Wow. Uh, We get an insight to kind of an overbearing mother. First of all, here's a man that we realize looks like he's a little bit older. He doesn't look like he's 20. He's probably in his. I think he was 55, Cary Grant, when he made the movie. That's right. But even still, if he looks a good 50, maybe he looks late 40s. Basically, he's in our age range right here. Yeah. And he's going to dinner and the theater with his mother. After sending a box of chocolates wrapped in gold to someone telling her for all your naughty parts. An interest of some kind. <laughs> right. Yes. So he's going out with his mom instead of the woman he sent chocolates to. Maybe that's why he sent her the box of chocolates. He had to skip out to go to take his mom oh, to yeah, the theater. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. So I think we already get a little bit of hint of an overbearing mother in his life. And she, we'll actually get to meet her coming up. Uh, well, we don't, but I think we others will. Yes. The audience listening, by the time that rolls around, you'll you'll get introduced to we Roger fans. Thornhill's mother. Yes. So I love the secretary and kind of incredulous. You would think she would know more about his mom by this point. You would think so. But it is kind of funny for her to go, oh, she doesn't. Like, but, doesn't but, she doesn't sniff your breath. I, I think that even she probably knows her. She, she knows what she's all about, but she's defending her. Maybe. Or maybe she's thinking, oh, come on, you're being a little paranoid right. here. She yes. doesn't sniff your breath. Right. She knows you're a grown man. Oh, no, she sure does, he says, like a bloodhound. Like a bloodhound. <laughs> <laughs> a droopy-faced... Big old gnarly bloodhound. <laughs> hey, bloodhounds are great this time where we live. Oh, they're awesome. We live in that area where, I mean, they're tracking dogs. Yep, yep, they are. I've never worked with a team, but uh, they're they're impressive. Did you know why bloodhounds are so good at tracking? I didn't know. I didn't know this until I actually saw a documentary about dogs and about the hounds. But because their ears are so long, that their ears pick up additional sense oh, and, kind of and as their ears the are kind of yeah. flopping around yeah. it helps wave those scents into their nose that's interesting so not only do they have a super sensitive nose but their the the longer ears dragging along pick up additional scent or additional whatever from the foliage or the grounder and help feed it into their olfactory sensors that's interesting Isn't that amazing yeah it really i love is. dogs can we have a can we just do a podcast on yes, dogs one do, day uh, starting right now i mean because a lot of people might think that roger thornhill by today's standards is kind of a dog <laughs> Yeah, he, by today's standards, he definitely is. <laughs> oh, he, probably by any standard, he, he in is. some ways. Oh, God, I envy him. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the Me Too people are going. Ah! Well, I, 
you know, I I don't obviously watch movies through today's filter very very much. Um, I don't at all. And uh, I, I think this this movie probably is an example of one that if you wanted to nitpick by today's standards, you could really be offended. You by, could find things by yeah. this man and. You would see him definitely as a bad guy versus a good guy, and I think you would miss the point of what the movie is all about. You absolutely would, and it, but if you're nitpicking it like that, you probably wouldn't care. True. So I'm not. I'm going to say that uh, I love I love his character. I love this movie. Uh, I know we kind of did a sidetrack there about dogs, but um, I do think it's a, a funny illusion that he brings up this whole idea yeah. of a of a bloodhound, basically the dog that's known for seeking out the truth, the yes. the dog that's looking to find the missing person, the person who has gone off the path. Nice little, again, it may be an unintentional thing. I I tend to believe between Hitchcock and the writer, these little moments are not just thrown in there for fluff. The idea that you're bringing up a dog that's specifically used to tracking someone who's gone missing or off the beaten path, something you're trying to find, you use a bloodhound. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's See, many... folks, we pulled that around and made it sound like we know what we're talking I'm... about. <laughs> and I'm agreeing with you. I wasn't even listening. <laughs> Wait a minute. Walt's on Facebook. <laughs> what happened the other day? Oh, my God. During our show, I was scrolling through during a commercial break, and I saw a meme. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so... I got to give this to Walt. Walt is going to love this. I'm like, listen to this. And I read it, and then you went, um, look who sent it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you sent this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know you. And it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. I know you so well. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's continue on here. Um, they glow at 1030 is your first for tomorrow. You do it at the skin glow rehearsal at noon, then lunch with Falcon and his wife. Oh, yeah, where was that? Larry and Arnold's, 1 o'clock. Uh-huh. We check in later? Absolutely not. Then he goes back to reading his paper. <laughs> And she's like, um, so are you going to check in later? Are you going to make sure you got all this? Absolutely not. No, I'm busy reading the paper again. I have completely checked out of the conversation. 13 seconds after I was back in, I'm back out. But, you know, he he's the guy who is going to call her at least once tomorrow. Right. Hey, where am I supposed to no, be? he's going to call later tonight and say, did you say I have a meeting yes. tomorrow? Yes, I told you yep. that you have a 1030, <laughs> you know. But you know what? And she's probably used to it. And that's oh, why I think yeah. she's saying, are you going to check in later? Yeah. And she knows that he will. Yeah. Should I make plans or do I need to sit by the phone for when you realize you haven't listened to a thing I've told you since we walked out of the and office? the thing is, you know, she's not wearing a ring. She's headed back to the office. He's done for the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, he, he take her to where she belongs. <laughs> <you know>? But <laughs> she, she left her purse. Don't, don't, don't run to. We, okay. If you're going to run to that line right now, there's a whole lot to unpack with that. There is, but she she didn't bring her purse. She didn't bring her jacket. She's going back to the office, right? You know that she. Well, is he? Is that is that where she belongs? I I think in his mind, yes. It, it's you know almost like kids with their teacher when they run into their teacher somewhere outside of school, and they're like, oh, like it totally. You shop them at Target. I thought you lived at the school, right? Like they put the teacher in the closet at the end of the day, and they just hang there till tomorrow. <laughs> Well, Plug in the charger. Yeah. The teachers don't have a life. Well, to him, her life is that she works for him. Right. And so take her back to where she belongs. I don't really know where that is, but, you know, take her back. So, yeah, to him, I mean, she just kind of is there for his, uh, you know, to, to serve him. I do think it's a bit of an interesting little poke to his ego because after she goes, will you check in? He's like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. how dare you think I'm that kind of person? Well, yes, you are that yeah, kind of person. Are. You, are. <laughs> you are exactly. You are 
utterly lost and helpless without her. <laughs> you you would, yes. You are totally in control in the moment. The right. problem is, and that's another reason I can relate to this guy, I can be so focused in the moment, don't ask me what comes next. I, I, I get lost with, my wife was like, I told you we're going, did yeah. you? He goes, right. I told you three times. I'm like, I don't. All I remember is hearing like, yeah. it's like I just heard, okay, whatever, and I just went back but to what I was doing. But going back to what we talked about a couple minutes ago, a couple episodes ago, like for me as an iPhone user, I'm lost without Siri. You know, I, like I have to look at my calendar all the time. I have to do that well. Same thing. And I remember when my dad uh, was working back in the in the 70s, Mary Catherine was the um, the administrator for his squad. His team. The, the armed robbery yeah. squad. All those guys totally dependent on her. She knew when they were doing court. She knew when they had briefs that needed to be filed. She knew when they had meetings with the district attorney or with the U.S. prosecutor. Like, she knew all that stuff, and she made sure they got there. She was like the babysitter, Mm -hmm. the team mom, the boss. I mean, (laughs) and, you know, she was technically subordinate to them, but she ran their day. Right. It's it's that weird symbiotic relationship that does exist in that kind of an office setting where you're in a high pressure job or there's a lot going on. That's right. And yes, you're the high power executive, but you'd be lost without the person who's telling you where to go, what to do, when to do it. That's right. And in some ways you're thinking, well, who's in charge here? Well, yeah. it just depends on in the moment. If it's this is what you've got to get to. She's telling you where you've got to be. That's right. Even though he's the boss. Well, and Mary Catherine also knew wives' birthdays and all that kind of stuff. So she kept them out of the ditch. That so, makes you even more valuable because then you realize, oh my gosh, not only are you helping to control my my professional life and keep me where I'm supposed to be, you're helping make sure that I don't let my professional life interfere with right. my personal. She is keeping you out of trouble all the time. Those are, those are great people to have in your life. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be a female. We keep saying she because you're giving a real example of that was the person who... Um, well, but at that time in our culture, that's generally who it was. Yeah, but I mean, it's any assistant. If they're a good assistant, whatever, yeah. the the good office manager, office assistant, personal assistant, that good person is always thinking of the small things that you probably mm-hmm. are letting fall off your plate. Because let's face it, you may have much bigger things. When you're talking about multi-million dollar deals, ad deals, you're going to be going to the set, you're meeting with the client, you're talking about you know lots of revenue coming into your agency you're not thinking about where am I eating lunch tomorrow? Right. This guy's a big picture guy. Right. You know, he he is worried about the deals, the contracts, the clients. That's his job. Mm-hmm. Her job is all the other stuff and to keep him moving. Right. Keep him keep him where he's supposed to be. That's right. Um, so after he says absolutely not, uh, obviously the, the cab pulls in at that point. We realize that they've stopped, I guess, at the 59th Street entrance because he says, Hey, driver. Take this lady back where she belongs. Right. And don't forget, call my mother right away. I will. Good night, Mr. Thornhill. Good night, sweetie. Oh, wait, Maggie, you can't call her. She's a missus. To me, in the context of 1959, if it doesn't sound like derogatory. To me, it means she doesn't belong hanging out with a bum like me. She doesn't, right. you know, dragging herself. She should be going, she should be at home. She should be, at, you know, out to dinner, out with friends. She should be somewhere other than with me. Right. I'm going to a dull meeting with some guys before I go pick up my mom for lunch or for dinner before going to the move to the theater. Right. So I don't hear it negatively. I think, I don't think he's being, oh, no. take her back where she belongs. I no, don't hear it that way not. at all. No, no. I think that there is a lot of respect mm-hmm. in this relationship. The, the two of them, are 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 close um 
but there is, there's a lot of respect between the two of them. He definitely respects her and she definitely respects him. So a very good symbiotic relationship, even though he's obviously the boss, Mm -hmm. but he's going to be lost without her. So yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is not a put down by any stretch of the imagination. And lest we think that the mother reference was only there for a joke, it's serious. He wants to make sure mother gets a phone call. I think that's an important thing that he's got this domineering female presence. Maybe that's why he's had failed marriages. We'll have to to explore that or others will get to explore that further along. But is it an overprotective, domineering mom in his life that has led to unsuccessful relationships and something's got to change for him to have a successful one? I think that is part of it. I think that if you look at how he operates and how his life runs, he is um, definitely a um, a kind of a free bird. He doesn't want to really be tied down. He's got his life to live. Um, I can't really see him being an attentive husband uh, because he's kind of into his own deal. Right. Sometimes you have to be put into, you have to change the circumstances that you're used to. You have to change your comfort to suddenly realize what you've been doing wrong. That's right. Or maybe taking for granted. Yeah. I often, and I know we're sort of uh, letting a little of the cat out of the bag, but when your life is put into a precarious situation, you do tend to go back and reevaluate the other mm-hmm. areas of your life. You do. You do. You know, if, if anybody who's been listening has even been in that near death car crash or just you, you somehow escaped injury, but you realize if it had been just a half second faster or sooner, you could have died. Mm-hmm. You start going, okay. I'm sweating some really dumb things in my life. I could have been dead. I'm going to stop being, you know, it happens to a lot of people, that road to Damascus moment. You know, you you have to have that massive, that massive, like the hit struck by lightning. It's not just, oh, you got a bad news because, you know, your bill didn't, you you got a, a, your your check didn't clear. I mean, that's, this has to be significant. Right. And um, I'm wondering if that may, uh, maybe some of that's coming down the road. Why are we focusing so much on mother? Because uh, it seems like the only person he's got any relationship with besides his secretary is his mom. That's right. That's right. And you see, it it is a trope in some ways because you see, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge. You see that kind of thing in in English literature. But there are real life things like that that we do experience. I, I, would, I have known so many people who are married to their work, not to their spouse. Oh, sure, sure. Or to and they can't figure or out why football or whatever. Right, and that, they can't figure out why relationships keep failing. Out and of. I think that's him. Um, and he he doesn't seem to be um, introspective enough at this point to go, oh, why did those relationships right. break down? He just doesn't seem nah, to care. And that's probably just why they did. Part of who I am. Yeah, because he he's in he's in a habit. He we're seeing I think very quickly this goes yeah. back to what we talked about even two days ago. This is his routine. It is. And when you're in a routine, you don't start thinking about what should I change. You're just comfortable in the routine. That's right. Um, I had a friend of mine that said, uh, do you know what a rut is when your life is in a rut? He said, I describe a rut as a coffin with the ends kicked out. You're, yeah. you're, it's like you're dead. You're not going anywhere. You're just stuck right. in the same path. And if you can't, if you can't get out of your rut, this is where you're going to be when you die. That's right. So you're already looking at it. It just you're not going to get anything different. You're not going to see anything different. No new adventures because you're choosing to just live the same day in and day out. Well, you know, when I was in a, a corporate job, I saw people who were like that, and it was comfortable. It was safe. Mm-hmm. And but when you talk about okay, that's I'm kicking that off. I don't want that. That's not my. That's not my life. You still find a way to get into other ruts. So it just happens. It's just how how we tend to be. And um, you know, you can even get in that in dangerous jobs. Right. But 
you you really try not to. And, you know, one of the things that pilots will talk about is you cannot get into those kind of ruts. You know, especially when your mind gets kind of like in autopilot. Yeah, you can't do it's it. Speaking of pilots, just... Yeah. But you can't. And that's a lot of times... That's what I tell my daughter... Do- when I taught my daughters to drive, and still to this day, I remind them, when you just sort of are no longer paying attention because driving is kind of easy, mm-hmm. you'll go back. If, if you get in the accident, that's when you go, I should have been paying more attention. That's right. But it's hard. Even us. We're, we've been driving so much longer than our girls. And I know for a fact... That, have you ever done this? You get you leave work, you remember leaving, then you pull in your driveway and you don't remember if you passed any stop signs or stoplights, right. you just all of a sudden are home and you realize, I haven't been really been paying attention. I've been thinking, I've been off in my own little world, I've been listening to music, I've been trying to think about what I still have to do. You you were on autopilot. Yep. Well, and there there are several reasons I do this, but I I have done that before. I always try to never leave work at the same time and I drive different ways home. Well, that's because of what you do. You don't need some somebody well, and, and that who is, you put away or somebody you help find evidence that, against. That is another reason I do that. I'm going to follow this jackass home. I'll teach him to yeah. ruin my life for scamming the insurance company. Yep. How dare he take away my tens of thousands of dollars in in disability when he caught me on the trampoline with my kids? Who I'm sleeping with is nobody's business. Yes. What is he think he doing sneaking in my bedroom window? Well, you left the left the curtains open. I was on the street and and I was getting paid to. (laughs) You have a fun job. It's both fun and you see the 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 seedy side of people. You definitely see that. You definitely see. So that. you know what? That's where you don't necessarily need to have that road of Damascus yourself. You're watching it in others. I gotta, I, I gotta think. You go home and go for all the quote unquote problems. I'm at least not that guy. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and, and there are times you know people will kind of go, "Hey, you've got a really interesting job," and I'll kind of go, eh, "Yeah, whatever." Well, when I do actually sit down and think about the things that I see, the things that I do, the places that I go, I'm like, yeah, it sure beats the job I used to have. Yeah. You know, it sure beats sitting at a desk. And it, it wasn't the company. It was just the nature of that job. It was You were in a different rut that you I didn't enjoy. A, I was in a terrible rut. Yeah. I was in a terrible rut that, did, a, that just didn't fit my personality. I love and, that expression. A rut is a coffin with the ends yeah, kicked out. It's true. You're just going along, but this is where you're going to end up if you don't make a change. Yeah. It's very true. And, and human nature, we don't like to change. Human nature, we like, we prefer comfort. We do. We'd rather complain about the fact that nothing's different in our lives. But dear God, we don't want anything different in our lives. It might be hard to figure out what to do. Well, and your wife's a personal trainer. Right. And I, there are some principles in, in athletics and in working out that if you do the same workout every day over and over again, yeah, you can do that workout, but you're not working different muscles and you're not. If you work the same muscles the same way, at some point the muscles get so used to it, they don't get any more development. That's right. So you have Mm -hmm. to change the routines. That's what she does as a a personal trainer. She's always looking to where people are starting to plateau. And if they're not getting any additional results doing the same exercises or even increasing weight, you could see very little gain. She has to then say, okay, it's time for us to change up your routine. Yeah, work those You can't just keep staying on the same thing. We may be still working your pecs or your biceps or your triceps. But we're going to do it with a different way. We're going to do it a, a different approach. Yeah. And I think that we're seeing that rut with him. Yeah. I think we're getting a very easy snapshot. This is his day in, day out life. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So uh, so Hitchcock is now going to uh, throw him some curveballs. I think so. Coming up here pretty soon. Um, we do get a few more exchanges back and forth. Uh, says, that ought to cover it. Don't forget to call my mother. She says, I won't. Good night, Mr. Thornhill. And he says, Good night, sweetie. And oh, by the way, at one point, because he sort of is leaning in to ch- like, I, I guess put his hand in his pocket or check his wallet. 
I thought he was going to kiss her. I thought so too. It felt really strange because, and I know it was probably unintentional, but because they were having this kind of like, almost like husband wife type conversation, Mm -hmm. I almost thought that he leaned in for a kiss, but she didn't react and didn't think that he was coming in. And he never said it. He didn't look like she had assuaged his advances. It just was a weird thing for a moment. Right. And I almost, I I thought they were going to, like he was going to kiss her on the cheek. Right. That, okay. Again, that money penny bond relationship or that, Mm -hmm. you know, brother, sister. And there is almost kind of a brother, sister back and forth with them too. Of, you know, kind of her picking at him, him picking at her. Right. They have a very good relationship, but it's not an intimate like that way. It's familiar. It's it's familial. 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 Yes. Are you familiar, I guess you could say, too. Yeah. I want to go with familial. Familial sounds. One of those is right. More so uppity. So people, half the people going, yeah, it's that. The other half are going, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're morons. That, that's how you get to play along at home. That's right. Um, he does say sweetie, which here's something that even to this day, I guess it just depends on the kind of person you are. I have gone to many restaurants, and I've got someone, especially like an older, maybe a matronly server or somebody who's taking care of me. And like, is that all for you, sweetie? I don't get offended by that. No. Doesn't bother me at all. I think actually, considering what you could call me, I'll take sweetie all Which day You'll probably long. call me when I leave. <laughs> well, and, and too, we're in the South. You know, we are. We're in the Southern part Where of the Where people tend States. to be a little bit more, I don't know, happy, generous, kind to one another. Familial. <laughs> Familiar. Well, and we have, we have a low first wall, high second wall mm-hmm. that I let people... Be buddies and pals pretty easily. It's hard to get people into that. The inner circle is a lot tighter and a lot smaller. Yeah. So, but the waitress at the restaurant I go to all the time, we have a good relationship, good back and forth, Mm -hmm. but they're not coming to my house for Thanksgiving. Right. You know, so it it is that interesting dynamic where other parts of the country or other parts of the world I've been to higher first wall. Once you're past that wall, man, now you're in Mm -hmm. and you're in for life. I just, there's so many things I could get bent out of shape over. A waitress or a waiter or a serving person or someone who's taking my ticket at the front counter for whatever. If they're giving me a compliment like that or they're just oh. sort of letting it go. If they're not looking at me with those eyes of like bedroom eyes, I'm assuming it's just sort of, it's 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 no different than saying, hey, buddy, hey, chum, hey, whatever. Right. It's just, I'm glad you like me enough that, to sweetie. say that. You know, like, that's how I kind of take it is yeah. like. Hey, they thought I was a good customer. Right. You know. But you know what? I've run into this with my own daughters. My my youngest daughter, I don't know where this comes from. I, I, I have no idea where she all of a sudden decided it's a term of that's that's degrading. But I always call her honey. I'm like, oh honey, come on. Don't call me honey. I'm like, well, what do you want me to call you? Dumbass. I mean, come here. I'm trying to console well, she's you. She's a teenage girl. So, right. Yeah. I'm trying to console you. You cannot do anything right with a teenage She does girl. not like it when I call her honey. Mm-hmm. Or, and especially if she's like really, really angry about something that maybe her mom did or some one of her friends. I'm like, honey, 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 it's okay. She's like, don't call me honey. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, come here, my irrational child who's <laughs> right. pissing me off. <laughs> right. Come here, you hateful little mongrel. Come here, you soon to be buried under the basement. Which do you prefer? Yeah. You know? Soon to be buried under the basement. <laughs> <laughs> it puts the lotion on itself and puts the lotion in the basket. That never gets old. No, it does not. I just, I don't get that. There are people who will will probably hear that line and go, oh my God, how degrading or... No, stop yeah. it. <clears throat> Plus, you do need to know your audience. I don't go around telling just random people I just oh, met, sweetie yeah, no. or hun or doll or anything like that. I, t- I call my wife doll all the time. I'm like, yeah. hey, doll, what's up? 
but I probably err on the conservative side of that. I don't presume. Oh no, I don't presume. Once I feel like there's a relationship, and if I let it fly once because of because of habit with yeah, other people, sure. and there's no negative reaction, then I feel okay. It's we're we're at a comfortable place right. where people realize okay. You're not up to anything. That's just who you are. Right, right. You know, I say kiddo a lot, too, especially like even, especially female friends. I'm like, all right, kiddo. Yeah. Like, kiddo? It's just something I just picked up. I just know I've, I, call, I call people kiddo, buddy. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, man. I yeah, say that. Like, I, hey, man, yeah, what's up? So, Hey, dude. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the I can't remember your name uh, thing of, yeah, hey, man. Hey, hey, man. man. Hey, man, how's it going? I know I know you, but I have no idea who you are. Yeah. Well, you know, that <laughs> happened yesterday. You and I were together uh, heading to lunch. And oh, that's right. I didn't know you didn't know who that was. I, I know who he is. I couldn't remember his name. Gotcha. And he was like, hey, Walt. And I was like, hey, man. Hey, you. What's going <laughs> on, man? Crap. <laughs> Why can't I remember this guy's name? Nice guy. You know, great oh, yeah. guy. And I'm, I just can't remember who he is. I'm, you know what? And I think it's because of radio. I interview so many oh, yeah, people. Yeah, I right. meet so many people. I go to so many functions. I know tons of people by their face and names go in. Out, uh, and I do the same thing. And I hate it. I really hate it. And then I've got that ego that doesn't want me to admit to just say, hey, tell me your name again. Nobody's going to yeah. get mad. I've had that happen to me. People go, what's your name again? Right. I, it doesn't bother me. But for some reason, I've got this like stop gap in my head that goes, just pretend like you know who you're talking to. It'll well, eventually come I, to you. I actually, there was a guy a couple weeks ago, I was like, I can't remember this guy's name. So I went up and I, I reintroduced myself. He goes, man, I know who you are. And he didn't tell me his name again. I'm like, I, yeah, but who are you? <laughs> I, didn't I was trying to be clever. <laughs> I figure I do that a lot, though, with, uh, with my wife. When she knows that I can't remember who the person is, but I'm with her and I'm about to introduce her. And I get that like, hey, I'm like, oh, hey, oh, have you met my wife? This is Susan. And she knows. I, I don't know who the hell I'm talking to. Right. She goes, hi, I'm Susan. And you are? And she just jumps right yep. in because I have a better half that is truly my better half. She truly is. She's the person, if I ever ran for office, my wife has that steel trap for names. She really does. Right. If I was ever running for office or anything, where she'd be the person I need to be right behind me going, Okay, see this guy coming up? His name's Walt. He used to be your podcast partner. You used to have a lot of fun with him, but then you lost touch. But his name's Walt. His wife's Amy. They've got three kids. I was like, hey, Walt, what's up? Yep. That's exactly who I need, whispering in my ear. Right, and which is this lady. Yep, this is exactly who she is. Yeah, and, and it's what she can do that Siri can't, but yeah. because she can, you know, and she, this is the lady who knows the lay of the land, and so she's a real live assistant. But, you know, one time, <laughs> one, you know, I can be kind of a jerk sometimes. You? So... <laughs> I was, with, I was with Ben. You that must know, be why we get along. Yeah, exactly. It is exactly why. Well, you know Ben. He's been a guest on our show, and he and I work together. And we were at a restaurant, and this guy's walking towards us. He goes, he goes, oh, my gosh, I know this guy. What's his name? I was like, oh, yeah, I know this guy, too. It's Jim. He's like, hey, Jim, how's it going? That's not his name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nicely played, sir. Yeah. You're giving yourself mental high fives. Yeah. Uh, Boy, was, does he look stupid I now. was like the cat who ate the canary. And Ben's like, I cannot believe you did that. Like, you can't? <laughs> I got to remember that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Jim. Remember? He's the guy He's the guy that did blah, blah, blah. Hey, Jim. He's the guy that married the blonde. And Jim's like, hey, what? Jim, how's the wife? Yeah, and I was like, uh, I was like been Steve, divorced for 10 years. It's Steve. <laughs> and you walk up like, I don't know what's wrong with him. Hey, Steve, what's up? <laughs> exactly. Forget him. He's having a seizure. <laughs> That's hysterical. I did. Say, I've, I've told my kids this as well. That you talk about the whole personal assistant. 
I know we're going to live in an era where privacy is going to be a harder thing to come by. It is. Uh, there, there, there's already work being done, whether it's glasses or implants on your eye, like a contact, that you'll be able to literally sync whatever you're looking at to your phone, facial recognition. I am looking forward to the day where someone could be walking toward me and I could go and it'll have the little inside, like the little Terminator thing, like bloop, 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 bloop. Right in the face, and then a little readout that says, "This is Jim. He was last working at this company. He's married, has three children. One of the first one just graduated college. Whatever, you know, your your Facebook profile feed will show up right there." See, I don't want that. Oh, I I, I want to be anonymous. I well, want. you don't want people being able to do that to you, but you and your job, I'm sure you'd I would rather love have to, that. Yeah, I would love to be able to do just that. Feel a scan a room, and then all of a sudden, facial recognition. Oh, there's the jackass <laughs> I'm supposed to be tailing. Yeah, and see, I don't want. See, I'm just more of a like. Just privacy in general. I don't want the government to know who I am. I don't want... You know. <laughs> well, too late. You've got a smartphone. Yeah, I know. I know. And then you, you've got an Alexa, too, now. I do in my office. Yeah. So it's too late. They're already listening. They know everything about you. Yeah, they do. I told them, I said, yeah, I, well, I, I, I pity the people that are at Apple or, or wherever monitoring my house because all they're hearing is either a lot of like stupid arguing over nothing... Oh, they're hearing nothing. <laughs> That's oh, it. It's just, it's just it's nothing. It's just, just the American wow. household. Yeah. This is, yeah. He's like, this is this is typical. Yeah. All right. Well, as we start to wrap this up, uh, he gets out of the cab. I think it's fun. Uh, the name of the cab company is Kind Taxi. I know. I, saw I, I forgot to mention that earlier when the two women and during the credits, it was a Kind Taxi. So the name of the cab company here is Kind. I don't know if there was actually a Kind Taxi or if they if that was a clever name drop for a New York City cab company. But it is a kind taxi that's taking them to the uh, to the to the plaza. Uh, he does end with, "Oh wait!" As the cab's driving off, you can't call her. She's at Mrs. So now he realizes whatever phone number for mom's place, she's not at her place. Right. So the cab drives away, leaving him there. He looks at his watch and then actually enters the hotel lobby. And then we get some uh, him walking pretty quickly. Uh, through the lobby, he does actually look at his watch a couple more times, and I think it's kind of interesting. There's a string quartet playing a little bit of music in the plaza. Did you happen to pick up on that? I did, but I don't. I didn't pick up what song it was. It's the song is called "It's a Most Unusual Day." Oh. <laughs> Lest we think Alfred Hitchcock dropped things like Bloodhound and him being an ad exec and all this right. stuff for no reason, we now have a piece of music being played that says it's a most unusual day. Yeah, that's uh, what we in the business call foreshadowing. <laughs> it's Well, and it's also a nice little Easter egg for yes, people that might have been more into the pieces of music at that day. I don't think our modern audience would even know what that piece of music yeah. is, but uh, for, the, uh, for the Hitchcocks of the world, dropping a little piece of music that is basically continuing to f- add to... Everything you think this is a normal day, it's not about to continue down this path much longer. Absolutely not. Uh, We hear, good evening, Mr. Thornhill, says the Oak Room host, dressed in a white dinner jacket. Good evening, Victor, replies Roger, shaking his hand. I'm looking for Mr. Weltner and two other gentlemen. Yes, sir, replies Victor, right this way. Uh, One production note, I I mentioned this when we had the art director's credits a couple days ago. This Oak Room is not the Oak Room in the plaza. They were not able to film in the Oak Room, so it was a set. But people that went to go see the movie that were familiar with the Oak Room thought that they did such a good job that they asked, how did he get, you know, how did he film in this place that you don't are, you don't typically get to film in? Which begs the question, what is the Oak Room? The Oak Room is the bar. That's the, I guess it's a famous uh, bar in the Plaza Hotel. Yeah. 
Was it? It wasn't like an exclusive club. It was I don't. Just I don't a, know what about it. I just remember I was reading as I was going through some of the research, getting ready for the opening, and to, and you know, I what I love is I, I get trivia and bits of information for the whole movie. So I've right. got all of this packed in my head, but we can only use the first few minutes because that's all we're doing. Right. But I just remember that was one thing that stood out to me was this particular location. I don't know if it was because it was too cramped to be able to get the kind of angles he wanted, or if it, if they weren't allowed to. I just know that. They didn't actually shoot in the Oak Room. It had it was a set built for this particular scene. Interesting. So, and we get and it's a nice looking room. A nice yeah. that, that judges paneling everywhere. That oak paneling, kind of nice dark brown, majestic looking, sort of a gentleman's like club. Based on this angle, when we see the uh, the Mater D coming up to him and asking him, uh, you know, he's here to see meet a couple of gentlemen. Uh, certainly, in the way it's framed, there isn't anyone in the room. Right, and it's a coat and tie. Um, you definitely take it that it is a um, kind of an executive's room. You know, your your blue collar guys are probably not going there. Uh, what I can tell you, according to if you if you think Wikipedia is the be all end all of everything, uh, the Oak Room was a bar and later a restaurant in the Plaza Hotel. The bar was open from 1907 until it closed in 2011. Uh, designed by Plaza Hotel architect Henry Janeway Hardenberg in a German Renaissance style. The room features walls of English or Flemish oak, frescoes of Bavarian castles by a painter whose identity is now lost to history, faux wine casts carved into the woodwork, and a grape-laden chandelier topped by a barmaid hosting a stein hanging from the 20-foot-high ceiling. And let's see, it is a. it was considered in 1907 a men's bar, but later probably was a multi-mix bar, but it, at least at this time... Still certainly carrying the reputation as a men's only bar to the hotel. Interesting. There you go. A little bit of history for you for those folks who are into that kind of thing. I guess yeah. we're, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Huh. Eh, whatever. Really Sorry, Jim. Actually digging into facts. <laughs> digging yeah. in, Telling people all the minutiae of a movie. So at the time, it would have been a men, probably a men's only bar, probably an executive's bar. Um, you're, you're greeted at the door by a guy who generally knows you, who's in a white jacket and a black tie. So it's... Uh, it's a formal place to go have a, a drink after work. Absolutely. And we're going to see who he's getting ready to meet, I guess, next week. Because this minute ends with him saying, certainly, right this way. Right. He says, uh, uh, and that's it. We get, yes, sir, right this way. And they start to walk. But even though they're not walking this way, he is actually walking that way. That's right. <laughs> so That's right. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up everything in this minute number five before we kind of wrap up for the week. You got anything? I don't. Um, nothing uh, really stands out. I think we've covered the minute pretty well, probably over covered the minute. I think the the biggest thing is keep in mind that musical clue. Uh, it's a most unusual day because so far everything's still been pretty normal. Yes. Uh, I have a feeling things are going to change soon. No. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> what would make you think I that? Mean, it's just, well, you know what? A documentary of a normal day in the I life? I want you to spend the weekend thinking that over. Okay, so now that you've got a homework assignment, we're going to come back next week before we uh, kind of tease the audience what's to come. Walt, let people know where people can find us if if they've had so much fun this week on the Hitchcock Minute. Boy, do we have a lot of material they could go back and listen to. We do have a lot to listen to. We have got, oh, two, three hundred episodes of stuff that you can uh, fill your weekend with. And you want to go find us over at thewilderride.com. You'll find a tab up at the top that has past episodes, and it's got everything from Young Frankenstein to Blazing Saddles. Uh, probably by the time you're listening to this, we'll have started with Silver Streak, the great 1970s uh, movie with Gene Wilder and a whole host of other great people. So you want to check that out. We also have done some special episodes, which include Poltergeist and 
um, Christmas Vacation and The Big Lebowski, some other great movies. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Princess Bride. How can I forget? Yeah, Princess Bride. Yeah. If you really want some fun, go listen to our Princess Bride because we had our wives in with us. So. <laughs> yeah, you want to know a little bit more about our lives? <laughs> Walking on eggshells. <laughs> yeah, the song Walking on Sunshine. We have the song Walking on Eggshells. Oh, boy. I'm walking yeah. on eggshells. What moron suggested this? No, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was so you. Check that out. And it's a great movie. I, I love The Princess Bride. So, yeah, I did suggest that, didn't I? What it was moron. fun. I had a lot of, we both got a lot of good listener feedback. We did. They, they enjoyed hearing our better halves kind of like yes. take take jabs at us. Yes, and they did. So it was, And it was a lot of fun. But it was a movie they both loved. So yeah, it, we, we, we all we really Well, who time. doesn't love The Princess Bride? You got to be a fool. So You talk about that low wall. You don't make it past the wall if no. you don't like Princess Bride. Mm-mm. No, you don't. So, yeah, so check that out. And uh, you also find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the Wilder Ride. And then go join our listeners group where all the fun happens. All right. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Don't forget, you can listen to more of the Hitchcock Minute on Apple Podcasts, as well as on Google Play and other possible podcatchers out there that uh, mine those RSS feeds. Uh, You can find more at thehitchcockminute.com. And there is a Facebook presence. The Man on Washington's Nose is the name of the Facebook page. We've got a Twitter page as well, at Hitchcock Minute. And I want to give a quick shout out to the folks that are going to be following our opening. We get the first two weeks of this minute, first so the first 10 episodes. But I want to give a quick shout out to everybody else that you're going to getting a chance to hear by the if you make it all the way through the end of the movie, which includes the Mandy Sucks Minute, Real Jaws Minute, Minute Impossible, Five Minutes of Bonsai, the Indiana Jones Minute, the Star Wars Minute, Edge of Tomorrow Minute, Rocketeer Minute, Watchmen Minute, Groundhog Day Minute, The MASH Minute, and that's not the series, that's the movie MASH, Jay and Silent Bob Minute, Better Off Dead Minute, and Scene by Scene with Josh and Dean. So if you get a chance, you want to learn more about these other Movies by Minutes podcasters, it's the end of the week, perfect time to go explore as well. Over a hundred other Movies by Minutes podcasts available by going to moviesbyminutes.com. Check out some of those folks. All the folks I just mentioned, maybe see the movies they've covered. Obviously, you can tell by their titles, the franchises they may be associated with. A great group of folks, and just like us, enjoying a little a little minutia day in and day out, and a little laughter along the way. Well, and I am going to take a second to pat us on the back, um, but I know Alan is a big uh, the big driver behind a lot of this because he does our editing, he does a lot of our um, our advertising and stuff. But we just passed the. 50,000 download mark. So uh, that gives you a little sense of how awesome our listeners are and uh, and what a great group of folks you'll find over in our listeners group. And the fact that it's an international audience. We have so many fans in the UK. We've got fans in Germany and in, in Italy. And I think a lot of them is because they're fans of Gene Wilder. I think so too. And, and it really, we've had some great guests. All those, fo- Most of those folks that uh, Alan just ran, ran through are either past guests or future guests of our show. So. Absolutely. And you, you you might have actually heard some of their voices in our show. So yeah. if you look up the names of who's involved in those podcasts and go to our website, you can search previous guests and decide to go listen to just those minutes if you want. And they're awesome folks. So, Well, come back know. Monday. We've got more of North by Northwest as part of the Hitchcock Minute. We'll start off Minute 6 with Victor leading Thornhill into the Oak Room Bar where Roger will spot Mr. Weltner. And we're going to end with the bellboy saying... Thank you, sir. And a lot of conversation continuing. And don't forget, we got a big musical clue. We talked about it at the very end of this minute. I think uh, we better pay real close attention to events next week. We got some fun coming. All right. Till next week, folks. Have a great weekend. Oh, I need a drink. Can we go find a gentleman's bar? 
I've, uh, just for just us. I don't have a tie. No, I'm you don't. Well, see, yeah, you can never go into one of those. No, <laughs> I, I, I own a tie. <laughs> they would look at you and go, "I know it says gentleman's bar, <laughs> but, but I can think of two things wrong with that title for you, <laughs> gentle, and I think you're a male, but I don't know if you're a real man." <laughs> You smell like a man. Move along. You're like, you're like Ben Kenobi. Yeah, this isn't the kind of trash we want in yeah, here. Move they, along. They may not want me in my 70s Tabasco tie. <laughs> <laughs> Tabasco. Louisiana style. I'm not kidding. I, I, I know you're not kidding. My, one of my ties. So you'd be like our other friend BK who has a t-shirt with a tie printed on it. <laughs> there you yeah, go. I can see that. 